All right, well, as you can see, uh, we went from doing, oh, I don't know, four classes and a question and a half to, I don't know how far we got in the first four classes, but lesson two, lesson three, yeah, we did a question and a half in four lessons. And now I give you a full sheet full of lesson, uh, questions and answers. We're not actually going to look at all of those. So this is a handout to take home. But these are all the question and answers that concern the third membership vow. I wanted to do three and four today and then five next week to wrap it up. There's way too many on question three. I think we can do four and five to wrap it up next week. Unless everybody tells me you're not going to be here next week. And in fact, I want to know that because I might not even preach from Romans next week. Uh, but I need to know if we're going to hold our last class. I need, I'm also curious how many people are going to be gone. But you can tell me afterwards. But the plan is to teach questions four and five next week. Question three is this. Again, the membership vows. And you should have this. And if you don't, then I will give you a copy. I have lots of copies of this. Just remember, this is what you'll be asked in joining the church. So the third question has to do with what was the subject I just preached on? There was one big word. Not, well, justification is a subset. Salvation. And this is really the question that concerns salvation. Do you confess that because of your sinfulness, you abhor and humble yourself before God, that you repent of your sin and that you trust for salvation, not in yourself, but in Jesus Christ alone? Let me just say, children, that this is this is where personal testimonies arise. It's this question, your own sense of your sinfulness, your own sense of coming to Christ as your savior. That's the that's the the key issue. Um, So we're not going to sit down and and grill you on the Trinity. (laughs) We want to know that you know that you're a sinner and that Jesus is the Savior, and, and to hear you say that. So a great tool, though, is the catechism. It has a lot to say about both subjects, sin and salvation. And so really, the first side is sin, the second side is salvation. That's the best way I could summarize it. And really, the salvation side could be like five times longer, but I tried to pinpoint the key ones that dealt with what this is talking about. Which was primarily, it was sin on one side, but then on the side of salvation, it was repenting of your sin and trusting in Christ alone for salvation. So faith and repentance, which leads to a question on justification, Duncan. So I want to just kind of quickly work through these. Uh, Again, the question is, you confess you're a sinner, you repent of your sin, and you trust in Jesus for salvation. Can... Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. Just if you could let let my wife know that a couple of it's not just her, it's a couple of kids. Thank you. All right, thank you. Did 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 our first parents continue in the estate wherein they were created? It says our our first parents, this is question thirteen, being left to the freedom of their own will, fell from the estate wherein they were created by sinning against God. Who were our first parents? Don't, don't, I, we didn't hear that. Go ahead, Priscilla. Okay. And did they continue in righteousness? What did they do? They sinned. So who were the first sinners? Paul. Adam and Eve. That, they were our first parents. We've all descended from Adam and Eve. So how did sin enter the world? Through Adam and Eve. (laughs) That's the answer. Okay. When you think about sin, remember sin and salvation, how did sin enter into the world? It entered into the world through Adam and Eve. But then the next question is, what is sin? Now, let me just stop there and say, 
there are a selection of questions that I think are especially worth memorizing, and this is one of them. Although, there's a word in here that none of you will understand, and I will, I will explain it. What is sin? Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. What is the word that you don't understand there? No. Grace? No, it's, it's actually want. What does that mean? Sin is any want of conformity. What does that mean? It means if you're found wanting, it means you lack something. So if you just in your mind substitute want for lack or do not have, I don't have this, I lack conformity or I transgress the law of God. Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. It means when God says, I want you to obey, you disobey. And that's what Adam and Eve did. Now, questions 15 through 19 talks about what happened in that first sin. How they fell. I'm not going to cover those. You just have those if you want to go, if you want to go over them yourself with your parents. But sin is a transgression, by the way, if that's a word you don't know. Transgression means that you, you didn't do something. <laughs> you transgressed it. God, your parents said, don't you do this, and you did it. You transgressed the command of your parent. Conformity means that you are doing it. Uh, so, sin is when you break the law. When you break the law. Uh, when your parents say, don't eat the cookie, and you eat the cookie. That's basically what Adam and Eve were told. Don't eat the fruit. And what did they do? They ate the fruit. Can you at least relate a little bit? I think so. Because tell me how soon you sin when you're born into this world. Right away. And guess what? You're already sinning in the womb. Can you believe that? But you were. I promise you, you were, Grace. You were sinning even in the womb. As you have the heart of a sinner. All right. So, I just blew her mind, but I'm telling you, it's the truth. Uh, Okay. And so, if you skip down to the bottom, here's the really important question. What does every sin deserve? Well, every sin deserves. This ought to... uh, Well, go ahead. Tell me what your answer is, Caleb. That's right. Amen. The wrath and curse of God. That's exactly what this says. Is that the children's catechism? Okay, well, and it's based on the Shorter Catechism. Every sin deserves God's wrath and curse, both in this life and that which is to come. So, the wrath of God is God's punishment of sin. And the curse of God is also God's punishment of sin. Uh, The curse is more his punishment. The wrath is more his disposition, I guess I should say. Anyways, the point is, God will punish the sinner. And he will punish the sinner completely and fully uh, in this life and the life to come. That is not something you want to happen to you. What is the place where God's wrath is fully poured out in all of its its fury? Go ahead, Grace. We have a word for it. What? Hell. That's right. And who deserves to go to hell? One word. Uh, (laughs) Yes, everyone. You go ahead, William. Sinners. Exactly. Are you a sinner? All right. You see, I'm helping you build your testimony, by the way. Uh, that when you can say, I deserve to go to hell. But there was something God did, which uh, I talked about in the sermon, but this talks about as well. Did God leave all mankind to fall into his wrath? The simple answer is no. But look how the catechism does it. Question 20. Did God leave all mankind to perish in the estate of sin and misery? 
answer is no, he didn't. He did something about it. God having out of the mere, out of his mere good pleasure from all eternity elected some to everlasting life did enter into a covenant of grace to deliver them out of the estate of sin and misery and to bring them into a state of salvation. Remember, that's the other side by a redeemer. In other words, that's a fancy way of saying God always, always, always planned on saving man like this. And now he's done it. How has he done it? By a, I just said it, by a redeemer. And who is that redeemer? Jesus Christ. Yes. And it goes into that in questions 21 through 28. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip those because we just don't have time for that. The emphasis of the third vow, how Jesus accomplishes salvation is the second vow. We, we looked at that last time. It's, he became a man. We looked at questions 20 through 28 last time. But, but the real question that we're looking at in terms of the other side of sin, salvation, is how do we become partakers of the salvation which Jesus accomplished? We have five minutes. How are we made partakers of the redemption purchased by Christ? Question 29. We are made, I'm, I'm reading it, so unless you can give me question answer 29, I don't think you can. <laughs> we are made partakers of the redemption purchased by Christ by the effectual application of it by his Holy Spirit. But the question is, if Christ accomplished salvation and he went up into heaven, what did he do after he went up into heaven? He sent, raise your hand, <laughs> can you answer it, Paul? No, no, no. Jesus went to heaven. What's that? Correct. He sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings uh, salvation to man now that Christ has accomplished it and gone to heaven. But how how does he uh, how does he work salvation in us? That's the next question. Um, How does the spirit apply to us? The redemption purchased by Christ. The Holy the spirit applieth to us the redemption purchased by Christ. By working faith in us and thereby uniting us to Christ in our effectual calling. Look at this question again. Do you confess that because of your sinfulness that you abhor and humble yourself before God, that you repent of your sin and that you trust for salvation, not in yourself, but in Jesus Christ alone? In other words, do you believe that Jesus is your savior? And the answer is yes, I hope. But if you, if you were to ask, if you were to go behind that question and ask, how did I ever come to believe? Now, if you were in a, a Methodist or a Baptist church, you might say, I made a decision for Christ. <laughs> we don't say that. We would say that God gave me faith and, and God, the Holy Spirit, gave me faith in Jesus. And so it's the spirit whom Christ has sent now that he has gone to the father who works faith in us and gives us salvation. Um, the next question that I want to highlight is justification. Question 33 What is justification? Justification is an act of God's free grace wherein he pardoneth all our sins. This is another one I think you should you should memorize. So question 14, question 33, wherein he pardoneth all our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. In other words, when we believe in Jesus, what happens? God accepts us as righteous. Not because we are righteous, but because by faith we are in Christ and Christ is righteous. Christ is righteous. So God now regards us as righteous. That's what justifying faith is. 
All right, I'm giving you a lot all at once, but like I said, I'm sending you. I'm, this is why I'm printing these out. This is what salvation is. Another way that we can look at this is questions 85 through 87. So 84 was, what does every sin deserve? Every sin deserves God's wrath and curse, both in this life and that which is to come. Well, what does God require of us? God has accomplished salvation. Well, what does he ask us to do? And he he requires of us, just to summarize what it says in question 85, two things. He requires us faith in Jesus Christ and repentance unto life. With the diligent use of the outward means. That's question five. We'll come back to this. So you should also go to church. The outward means is are, are the preaching and the singing and all that. But faith and repentance. Do you confess that you repent of your sin and that you trust for your salvation in Jesus Christ alone? Faith and repentance. Well, what is faith in Jesus Christ? That's another one worth memorizing. Let's see if I can. If I let's see if I live up to what I'm telling you to do. Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace whereby we receive and rest upon Christ alone for salvation, as He's offered to us in the gospel. I got it. It's everything I just said. We read about him in, in, in the Gospels, but we say that's the Lamb of God. And we receive salvation from him. We realize that he only can save us. But we don't just say, you know, he's the Savior. We recognize he is offering salvation. He says, come unto me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. And you come unto him and receive the free gift of salvation from him alone. Not from your works. Not from your obedience. Not even trusting in your repentance, but realizing that only Christ can save you. Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace, whereby we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he's offered to us in the gospel. Him alone. But what is repentance? God also, in addition to faith, requires repentance of us. It's also a saving grace, it says, whereby a sinner out of the true sense of his sin and apprehension of the mercy of God in Christ doth with grief and hatred of his sin turn from it unto God with full purpose of and endeavor after new obedience. This also, this is about to go off, so I'm going to just turn it off now, but I realize that I'm I'm doing okay on time. This also ought to be part of your testimony. Not just that you've believed in Christ, but that as a result of that, that he's now set you on a new course. And that new course is what we call repentance. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The things I used to desire, I don't desire them anymore. God has given me a new life, a new purpose, a new heart. I still sin, but I don't, I don't quite cherish my sin the way I used to. And so, as I said, he sent me on a new course. That's what it means. It's that, it's that we turn from sin unto God with full purpose of an endeavor after new obedience. A new direction in your life. That ought to be your testimony, that you believe in Christ and that you've turned from your sin and that you're now following him and not your own sinful appetites. That's the testimony of every Christian. This is, uh, to use Lily's word, the fancy (laughs) way of putting it. Uh, But it's really useful. It's really, really useful. I've organized it in my own way, but sin and salvation, uh, there, there you have it. So that's question three. Hopefully I can do questions four and five next time. Uh, but let's let's pray. Always remember, you can talk to me anytime about any of these things, children. All right, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for and we thank you that you have for salvation to sinful men by your grace and ask you that through the catechism and through parents instruction and through so many other things sitting under the preaching that all of these children would come to saving faith and 
and be enabled to profess that faith uh, convincingly to the church. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.